We left off in Matthew 5 on the subject of murder. We debunked a pretty common sentiment within our culture that if I don't rob a bank and if I don't kill anybody, then that makes me a good person. Well, Jesus dismantled that idea pretty quickly by saying that if you are angry with somebody in your heart, then in that respect, you have committed murder as well in your heart. So don't go around casting insults against people you do not get along with and do not harbor grudges or ill will against others. Now, that was not the conclusion of Jesus' teaching on the subject. If it was, it would leave us in a really bad place. We would have all these issues with people, but we wouldn't be able to do anything about it. A common teaching made popular by Disney's classic movie Bambi was, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. I find that advice to be wise. Sometimes that's all you need to get past an annoying little offense. Sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes people cut us pretty deeply. We think to ourselves, well, that was unnecessary. And in moments like that, you start to wonder, what did I do to deserve that? Well, don't pretend that you've never been there before. You know, as well as I, that sometimes we question people's motives for saying certain things or for doing certain things. How do you not walk away from a situation like that with a chip on your shoulder? How do you not harbor a grudge and think the worst of a person who does something like that? Jesus helps us with that problem. He said, therefore, if you are offering a gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. So the setting here in Jesus' example is a place of worship before an altar. And altars are oftentimes used for sacrifices or to give offerings to God. And what Jesus said was fasting because he was likely referring to a person making an offering in obedience to the law of Moses. This would be a person who is obeying God's command to give offerings and sacrifices. A problem arises, though, inside of the heart of the worshiper when all of a sudden he remembers a, a person during the week that he had wronged. And this offense could be anything, but it's always something that stands out and brings conviction. I remember years back, I was visiting a church with a friend, and it so happened that I saw somebody that I knew there from my childhood. I had wrestled with him growing up, and I thought all the way back to our wrestling practices, and every time we'd see him show up, that he was always very happy to come to wrestling practice. But then I thought about how poorly we treated him and how poorly that I treated him. And this was the first time in a long while that I'd seen him since that. So I went up to him after the service. He greeted me with a handshake and a big smile. And I explained to him the guilt that I felt for how I had treated him all those years back and asked him for forgiveness. Now the funny part was that he hardly even remembered and I thought to myself, well, what a good guy. My conscience was relieved. I knew I had wronged him, and I knew I was responsible for making amends. 
Now, don't forget that Jesus was still teaching on the theme of murder. And with that in mind, we need to remember that mankind was created in the image of God, that we should not undermine the dignity God has bestowed upon our brothers and sisters. All the same, we are only responsible for our own forgiving and asking for forgiveness. It is not our responsibility to squeeze a confession or repentance or forgiveness out of every party that has offended us. I remember that during basketball season, my wife and I were coaching basketball for the very first time and we had an incident in our very first game. Can you imagine? Third grade boys, very first game and very first incident of the season it was the very first game that Melissa and I had ever coached, and it was a competitive game. And unbeknownst to us, throughout the game, a situation had been brewing and developing between two players. And it culminated with one of the players punching the other one in the face. It totally caught us off guard. Well, at the end of the game, their coaches, the officials, and Melissa and myself got a hold of old Punchy McGee, and told him to apologize to the kid he had punched. And you all know how that went. At first, he turned away and kind of tried to avoid the kid. Then he kind of mumbled something. We couldn't really tell what he said. And then finally, he squeaked out something that sounded kind of like, well, good enough. We'll take it at that level. We will take that. My point is, it doesn't work. And by the way, how many times have you grabbed a hold of someone or cornered somebody and forced them to apologize to you? How did that work out for you? How much do you want to bet that he or she came home from work or from that encounter with you and had a long discussion with their spouse about how you had just treated them? Now, you might think this is all far-fetched, but I just about guarantee that every single one of you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it makes you feel better to tell that person who's boss, right? Here's the point Jesus is making. When you offend someone, you find that person and be reconciled. And you're not responsible for their action afterward. You are responsible for extending forgiveness and asking forgiveness. And until you're able to do that, consider your worship to be nothing more than going through the motions. James 3, 9 through 10 says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Going back to Matthew 5, Jesus continued to provide godly insight in resolving uh, conflicts with others. Let's read verses 25 through 26. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who's taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way. Or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Now this particular passage might sound a little bit confusing. In fact, some denominations have even used this passage to form false doctrines from it. It is clear, however, 
that although Jesus was speaking symbolically in this illustration, the point is clear. Resolve your conflicts quickly. I like how commentator D.A. Carson stated it. Malicious anger is so evil and God's judgment so certain that we must do all in our power to end it. There are people that have told me that I apologize too much. Well, that might be true. But I take this teaching seriously. Furthermore, I know how petty people are. Just about anything you do or don't do can be taken as an offense against someone. And because of that, most of the time, my mind flips through every possible way that I might have offended somebody with something that I said or something that I did, given whatever situation I might be in. Which is why I oftentimes pause to apologize. And I probably do go a little bit overboard with it. What I am also aware of is if I keep short accounts with people and I address instances where I may have offended them on the spot, I can go forward with a clean conscience. What I do find remarkable is that there are people who regardless of how sincerely you might beg forgiveness over a minor offense will refuse to extend forgiveness. The desire for revenge and for you to feel as hurt as what they felt is more important to them than healing the relationship. If you've ever seen the movie Kill Bill, it cites a proverb from a fictional alien race known as the Cleons. It says, Revenge is a dish best served cold. Thus, vengeful people have adopted this proverb as their motto. This proverb created by a fictional alien race. A proverb that I happen to prefer is unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. The point is, when you have offended someone, settle matters quickly. When someone has offended you, be quick to forgive, but don't be afraid to ask for clarity either. Oftentimes, people really don't mean to hurt you. It just so happens that it appears that way. Jesus understood this better than anyone. After all, it was he who prayed, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do, while mankind was murdering him by hanging him on a cross. They thought he was a sinner. They thought he was the criminal. He was innocent. He was wronged, and he forgave them. If Jesus endured such pain and still chose to forgive us, can we not forgive one another for the silly little offenses we commit against one another? Can we not forgive people of the larger offenses so that we might reflect the love and mercy of our Lord and Savior. It is my hope that I can fulfill this call in my life, and it is my prayer that you may be able to fulfill it as well. I'd like to thank you for joining me for today's sermon. My name is Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. You can join us on Sundays at 1030. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.